Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Well, hello and welcome to the Rugby Wrap as we get to the pointy end of the Super Rugby competition with just two teams remaining in the hunt for the title. My name's Mick Collis. Nice to have your company in grand final week. And while the great Heath Testman is currently sitting on a plane, no doubt up the pointy end, enjoying duck and caviar, I'm joined as usual by Wallaby number 735, Mitch Hardy. Mitch, good to see you. Nice to see you too, Mickey. And who'd be talking grand finals in the middle of June, but only us <laughs> when we talk about Super Rugby. Yeah. But it's mid-season everywhere else, mate. And uh, yeah, big Heath, MIA again, obviously in business class somewhere. Yeah. Probably, probably you know, bringing the latest medical advice and expertise yeah. back to WA to you know so we all get better hips and knees next yeah. time we're in the surgery he'll be sitting there with some contraband probably he's bought a special seat for a hip or or something knowing testament oh. but anyway so we went into last weekend with four teams remaining but now there's only two with the crusaders putting on a clinic to win 52 15 against the blues and the chiefs winning an arm wrestle against the brumbies 19 6 to go into next week's final now mitch i was the only one who picked the winners <sighs> So, were, Mick. starting with the Crusaders, they're in, they're in very good form. Do they go into the final as favourites? Yes, without a doubt. That their their performance on Friday night was nothing short of top shelf. It was unbelievable. Like, like it's almost like they've clicked into this finals mode of rugby. It's almost like Scott Robinson and his crew have just gone right. Let's roll out the playbook. This yeah. is how we're playing in the next three weeks, and the last three performances have been nothing short of it short of spectacular. So the fact that the Blues did not even get a sniff yeah. is just speaks volumes for the way they played the game and every single player in that Crusaders outfit out outpointed his opposition man. Yeah. And that Blues outfit was not was a pretty good outfit. It was. There was a because yeah. they up 32 32-3 at half time and there was an article by Jeff Parks and he said to great line he said in all of their 29 consecutive home playoff wins it's hard to remember one containing a first half of such brutal and clinical efficiency. Yeah. And I thought that's exactly what it was. It was it was yep. unbelievable. Yeah. And and like I like I I understand what Rangy's saying about uh professional rugby these days can be the same the same, but that was that was extraordinarily yeah. good rugby. Hmm. And you, I don't care who you are, you gotta love that sort of stuff where they just one team completely just dominates the other, and it's not because the other team are useless. It's just mm. because they are just tactically, physically, and skillfully better. Just man amazing. Man. Yep. Yeah. So it was a good win. And then and the then Brumbies the game. The Brumbies, oh, yeah. Oh, what happened there? Some of those blokes had their worst game of the year. Tom yeah. Wright in particular. Tom Wright. Jeez, he's copped some grief this week. Oh, I feel sorry for him. Like, people are saying he's played himself out of a Wallabies jumper. But, you know, one one bad game doesn't ruin a season. But, geez, Jack Debrasini as well. He was pretty average um, until he he went off the field. I just they just didn't bring their best. That was well below their best, and they were still in it too. That was the silly thing about it. it was nine twelve six twelve six? We're still five minutes to go. Yeah, yep. And then the Hurricanes scored that late late try. But yeah. the Brummies just couldn't put it together. Like no. they just couldn't deliver that kill blow that they had been able to deliver across the season. Yeah, and it was um, yeah. So it was all penalties. All the points were penalties up until that. Yeah, Brady Retallick in the seventy seventh minute. So you couldn't get two more contrasting games yeah. than the Friday yeah. and the Saturday. And then with this, um, the Chiefs were great. Though. The Chiefs were fantastic. Like yeah, they they were still just grafted out and whacked. You know, kept defending and defending and defending and defending. And then you know they could they 
play better? Is that the sort of performance that's going to knock over the Crusaders? Well, if they defend like that, they're going to give themselves a chance, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And is is the the pick and drive when you're a metre away from the line, is that, that is that one of the most low um, probability ways of scoring? I think if out of every 100 pick and drives, that I reckon they get over the line three times, they get held up. And maybe once teams are scoring, I, I, I yeah, find I don't it, get it. I don't understand why they why that happens. But, yeah, but all teams do it. They go to this sort of instant trigger as soon as they hit that five metre line to go right. Let's just pick and go, pick and go, pick and go, and hopefully we'll get over the try line. Whereas I think sometimes one or one or two passes off the ruck, yeah, you'll score every single time. Hmm. Just like, I, I've try, seen that. Try so stopping often. a guy flying onto the ball five metres out. Like you yeah. have to, you have to be a high class defender to be able to stop that. Hmm. And I and I appreciate, you know, there's a bit of an element of risk in it because you might get turned over five minutes out. But this constant sort of grind, pick and drive stuff is hmm. just mind numbingly boring. And you're right, it doesn't always pay off. And I'd no, I think I think there there are more. I'd be to see the percentages. Yeah, and I think it'd be very low because I think there'd be more yeah. more held up than tries. Yeah, that. but teams. Yeah. Persist doing it. So, looking at this weekend, who's? Oh, I think the Crusaders only yeah. based just based on last week. Who, who do you reckon? Yeah. Crusaders. Crusaders by much? Yeah. Will they? Will it? Will it happen 20. again for them? I reckon twenty by twenty. Wow. And we'll be seeing Scott Robinson break dance yet again in the middle. Yeah. Of <laughs> Let's hope so. Home ground. One of the great sights in rugby. But turning to club rugby, and in Perth, we're three rounds into the second half of the Fortescue Premier Grade competition. And it is wide open with a number of teams in all sorts of trouble injury-wise. And I know there's a lot of scrambling going on to try and plug some of the holes through to the finals. And one man who knows all about the challenges of club over the club rugby scene is Dean McKee. And he joins us now. So, Reggie, thanks for your time on the rugby wrap. Yeah, no, it's good to be here. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Now, before we get into it, just the ladder in Perth. So it's UWA on top on 43, then West's 39, Pally 38, Cot 34, and Perth and Sykes on 32. So that's your top six. Then you've got Nettie's on 25, Judelup on 21, Southern Lions on 17, and Wanneroo and Kalamunda on 16. So Rangi, West, they started slow, but they're coming good, sitting second at the moment. Yeah, Um had to do what pretty much everyone else has done this year. Had to uh, spend a bit of money. Uh, the recruits have come in. Yeah, they've added added a fair bit. A few of the um, older guys, yeah, pre-season's not really their thing. But, yeah, they, they turn up and then they start going about their business. Yeah. <laughs> and and Jeremy Thrush, he's obviously been a, a good addition down there. Yeah, yeah. Hell of a nice guy. Um, just brings a... Uh, a whole new level of professionalism, attitude. You know, he, he, he doesn't he doesn't coach to come second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, good pickup for Wests for sure. Now you, you've been around club rugby in Perth a long time. Did you ever think we'd see the day where you had a former All Black coaching down at Wests? No, that was pretty fortunate. He um, he lives a couple of streets over from the club, and yeah, I think it's just. Whether it's whether he's back next year, I don't know. Um, obviously, he's got uh, aspirations to be a professional coach, and uh, hopefully, one day in the not too distant future, he'll be a um, part of the force, which I don't think is too far away at all. Mm. And he's and he's the sort of bloke. He's very hands on. He's he'll pull on the boots when needed. Yeah, he does. I mean, we're, we're no different to everybody else. We've um, 
suffered our fair share of injuries. Not as bad as some of the clubs out there, but you know, our turn will come. And if you've got Thrushy, if he wants to get, get out there and have a run around for 40, 50 minutes, it's uh, yeah, not a bad pickup for us. And, good bloke. And, good bloke. Yeah, he's, he's a good fella. He's a, and he's a good club, he's a good club man yeah, too. He's, yes, he's not just yes. uh not just an ex-professional player. And right. what do you think what's going on with the injuries? I mean, I know I think Wanneroo said they had something like 29 um guys who'd played Premier Grade around injured. Uni's going through, I think they've lost half of their team. They lost Rory O'Sullivan on the weekend as well. A- every team seems to be just being belted by injuries. And Nettie's are probably the hardest hit. They um yeah. We played them in the weekend, and if you have a look, who was sitting on the bench, uh, dressed in their number ones, that they, they had uh, a hell of a lot of players that are out injured. Mm. Um, I don't know. Can you put your finger on it? Maybe starting in the middle of March. Uh, yeah, I don't do you think know. It's, do, you think, do you think? Do you think? because the clubs just don't really put a, a big effort into the preseason and the, the physical prep side of things, and they sort of roll into the year a bit. They're a little bit half baked, and then they get to the mid mid midpoint of sort of nine or ten games in, and people start to break down because they they haven't done the work early on. Or do you think clubs are a little bit more sophisticated these days, where they do run pretty good pre seasons for the for the players? Um, pre season at West was pretty well non-existent, Mitch. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. So yeah, you know, you, um, yeah, you know, starting in the middle of March in one of the hottest places on the earth uh, probably doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So they probably needed a little bit longer lead-in time to yeah. get the season length right. Yeah, you know. It's, it's, Start later, finish it's, later. It's 40 degrees. You know, guys are expected to be at pre-season, end of January. Guys go on the beach and there's so many other things to do. I, I think going down and, and yeah, Doing heady mullers in uh, the end of uh, January is not probably the thing for most of these guys. <laughs> Having said that, it's, the standard's pretty high this year. There's going to be an attrition rate. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So talking the standard ranking, like you've, you, you're one of those guys that are always, without without failure, always going to watch some club rugby. Um, what are you seeing so far this year? So we're halfway through the season. What's your, what's your overall take on it? And which clubs do you think, are doing it well, and which clubs do you think are struggling? Um, it's been a pretty even competition, Mitch. Um, everybody get there has there's been one or two blowouts. Um, everything else, you have a look at the results in the weekend. There's draws, there's wins by two or three points. There's not a great deal in it. There's been a massive influx of players this year, obviously with the uh, the relegation thing, and um, it certainly it certainly has lifted the standard. So on the relegation then, so you just mentioned there's a massive influx of players. Do you think a few clubs had to pull the little panic trigger a little bit and say, right, we've got to bolster our ranks because we don't want to be on the bottom of the heap come the end of the season? Do you think there's been a bit of reactionary stuff going on? They've all done it, Mitch. We've all done yeah. it. You know, uh, clubs that say that they're, they're going with their homegrown talent and everything else, there was up until last night too much to lose. Clubs have spent a massive amount of money this year, a, a massive amount. Whether that's sustainable, um, mm. can they do it again next year? Probably not. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, if you have a look at the team of the week that got announced today in the paper, I'm, I'm going through it. I'm just going, I've never heard of some of these guys. I've never <laughs> heard of them. I wouldn't know what they look like. I just, 
And they just keep coming every week. They just keep coming. It's New get, names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so talking about last night, what went on last night, mate? What was what was the word on the street and what went down? Well, there was a, there was a uh, some correspondence came out um, of Rugby WA today. The uh, relegation situation is going to be avoided for the season. Um, yeah, right. I think they realised that it uh, there wasn't enough work done on it. Um, I think it was a, it was an absolute debacle the way the whole thing was set up. Um, I don't know who was responsible for it. It caused a lot of grief, Mitch, around town. Caused a lot of angst. Angst uh, caused volunteers a lot of unnecessary stress. That they and they don't sign up for that, Mitch. They don't yeah. sign up to have sleepless nights, continuously stressed about it's your club, it's your club. At the start, Mitch, it looked like it was my club. Mm. It looked like it was my club. And that caused me a hell of a lot of grief, as it did a lot of other club members. But if that's causing us grief, it's causing volunteers everywhere else throughout mm. Perth. They'll all be going through exactly the same emotions that we were going through. We've turned it around yep. now, but we should never <clears> even put in that position, Mitch. And so what, what do you think is the model that WA Rugby should be working towards to have a good balanced competition that both caters for high-quality rugby but also fosters participation? What, what's the model that you think they should be working towards? Well, if you could put out three competitive sides every week, which is what all 11 Premier Clubs can do, mm. um, just let it ride. The season's too long, uh, two full rounds, 20 games, plus your two buys, plus Easter. That's 20 games in 23 weeks. And if you yep. make finals, mm. that's what's that? That's uh, 23 games in, in, in 26 weeks. It's not to, come the end of the year, when they go to pick the Perth Gold side, it's going to be totally different to what they would hope it would be because of the attrition rate by the time last, we get into that season is going to be massive. Last man standing gets picked. Yep. Collis mm. can make a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But um, but uh, so you, you sort of said it. Let, let's let's sort of address that. So clubs like Curtin Uni, Perth Irish, Arks, Rockingham, Mandra, Bunbury, they're all in that community grade now. Do you get a feeling that they've, they've they understand their role in community rugby and that the they offer a social experience and they can now focus on their juniors? Do you think they've got wrapped their heads around where they currently sit within the structure? Well, I don't actually. Uh like talking about what other clubs get up to. I just focus on my club, Mitch. But mm. I'm pretty sure that a lot of those clubs you mentioned, in hindsight, wouldn't have gone up there four or five years ago, got absolutely belted and then lost a, a, a heap of players. I think it did them a lot of damage. I, yep. I can understand why Rugby WA did it. Mm. They have 14 teams and then... The ultimate goal is to go to eight prem teams, from what I've been told. So then they could drop those six teams down and have and have a viable competition underneath. Um, that hasn't happened. All the big premier clubs, they're all pretty tight. They all stick together. Yeah. They won't want anyone going. Southern Lions is not their place at the table. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arcs down to one team from three. Curtain down to two from four. Rockingham and Mandurah, I don't know why they can't get together and put a competitive side out. That's that that, that that's not for me to say. But yeah, yeah. Um, so so what what does the future look like for Premier Grade then? Do you think do you think we've still got too many 
premier grade teams. There's room enough for 17 clubs in Perth Club Rugby. And do we go to eight down the track? Do we go to 10? Or do you stick with the 11 and suck and see? Stick with the 11, have one round, go top six, bottom five, top five, bottom six, whichever way you want to do it. Yep. And then have a proper a proper final series, one playing four, two playing three, or one playing two. The winner goes straight through. Play, the loser plays the winner of three and four. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Yeah. The, um, but you the, think that the, hey, taking up your point on that, so if we if if Perth Club Rugby looked at a shorter season to ensure that we've got sort of maximum attention on the competition is what you're really saying, and then do a playoffs yep. playoffs model. Yep. You think that that's an engage that would engage a player group and still provide a good standard of club rugby. Yeah, uh, the, 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 how do I say this without wanting to sound? There is nothing underneath the prem grade that's going to keep players' interests up. Yeah, you know, and eight clubs. Well, which well, which eight go? I mean, who are the next three to go? Yeah, you know, it, it was there for 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 a while. It was looking like Calamunda before this whole thing started. We were out there six weeks ago, Mitch. Um, we had two buses pick us up at 10 o'clock at night. Awesome night. Great day Good out. crowd. Yeah. Good game. Yeah. Um, made us feel welcome. What, why should they go? They've, all, they've, got, a, they've got a junior team in, 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 in every grade. Yeah. Wanneroo, the same. Have yeah. juniors in every grade. Yep. Yeah. So just on the junior front then, um, you'd obviously have a bit of a feel for how junior rugby's recovered after the Western Force being booted out of the comp and now through COVID and is it bouncing back junior rugby? Do you feel? Yeah. 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 M- massively Mitch. Yep. I think, I mean, obviously I don't get down to Britannia these days cause it's not there, but if I'm not working and I get down to West on a, on a Saturday morning, there's um it's vibrant. There's, there's kids everywhere. And I think that's the, pretty much the case in a lot of other clubs. Yeah. yeah there's great. a few clubs, just a few clubs struggling for juniors, but yeah, but, on the whole, it, to me, it seems vibrant, and um, yeah, it's picked up a fair bit. Great. And what what could clubs do more of? Do you think to make Perth Club Rugby attractive to players from all around the world? Do, uh, there, there, it seems to we've never had issue with attracting players, and clubs are obviously recruiting during the season at the moment. What could Cl- Perth Club Rugby do as far as profile and promotion go to to make you know really put it its own sort of niche in the community rugby marketplace around Australia? I, I, I don't have the answers to that, Mitch. I, I, I'm just focused on on, on my ask. club, and yeah, I just. So, yeah. so on your club, then. So, what are West? What are West? What's turned West around this year? Like last year, you you guys won seven straight or eight straight to win the Granny last year after a slow start, and yeah. there's signs of that happening in the moment. What is it about West that you get that sort of knack of getting on the winning streak? Is it sort of a cultural thing within the club? Where everyone gets around it, and you start to turn things around, or do you think it's just certain individuals performing at this time of the year, like Jonah Placid, who was best on ground last weekend? <laughs> we're just slow starters, Mitch. We're, we're just slow starters. The guys, it doesn't matter what you do, what you say, with your preseason, everything else. The guys just ease into it, and we've got older guys. You know, you've got your Nick McLennans, your Louis Davids, your Josh Tenwaners. You know, these guys are all approaching the 30-year-old 30, 30 mark. They mm. just do what they have to do. They just, yeah, 
come second round, it's um, it's a different ball game, and, and, I, and I would say most clubs are like that. So most how do you replace like that? How do you replace those guys though? Because they're not going to be playing forever. Yeah, on well, yeah, it's um, yeah, we we relied on them, and uh, we're gonna have to start doing something about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, Mitch, um, everyone has brought a lot of players in this year. Yeah, that certainly helped. Um, there's been a a lot of money spent this year, more money than clubs can afford. Mm. That money probably could have been spent elsewhere. Um, I, I'd hazard a guess. I'd say probably anywhere from $800,000 has been spent on club players this year. Across, across the board? Across yep. the comp. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And is that is that a short is that a is that a short term fix or are those guys is the plan for them to you know hang around for next year as well or is it just a was it just truly to try and solve this problem and not getting kicked out? Yeah, pretty much. And everyone's had to do it. Yeah. You know, everyone freaked out and just goes, if we go down, once you're down, you ain't ever coming back. Yeah. You're gone. You're gone for good. And and there is no next year, a, a promotion game or anything else, once you're done, you're done. Yep. Clubs have spent a hell of a lot of money this year, money that should have been spent on other things. I mean, if you have a look around, there's a, there's, a, there's clubs that have got one changing room. You turn up there, yeah. you've got three games, there's one changing room. I'm sure they would, would rather have spent their money on more changing rooms, light, lighting facilities, better training equipment for their juniors. And what's going to happen next year? You want all, yeah. these, all these guys that have come in for a year, they're, they're going to want the same next year, and it's not mm. sustainable. And some clubs are sailing very close to the wind, mm. and we, we got that forced on us. That's my point. This was forced on us by this relegation thing. Yeah. So um, what was the, what, what was the mood then last when you, when you found out that the relegation's been postponed? Were, were clubs happy or were they annoyed that they'd, that they'd basically wasted a whole lot of money? Yeah, for sure. There'll be clubs that'll be... Uh, pretty dirty about it but i think everyone's pretty happy that it's um it, yeah it's, ta- it's taken a long time but it's now done and dusted let's just get on with it um you're right there's, there's clubs that will spend this year's budget next year's budget and the year after's budget focused on this year hmm. so yeah there'll be there's probably a, be a few noses out of joint so but, has, it, uh, has it been postponed or has it been shelved i i'm only going by what i read um the uh the rugby wa um, media release where it said that they've uh, that, that it's not happening this year. Yeah, okay. I didn't read. I didn't read too much more into it. It was yeah. just, uh, yeah. So, the, so if you had, if you had an open checkbook, Rangy, where would you spend your money on rugby in Perth or WA for that matter? Juniors. Yeah, juniors. Yeah. What type? What type yeah. of things would you think would be good investment? Well, you t- you just alluded to some facilities there a moment ago, but what other things would help? you know, reinvigorate and keep reinvigorating junior rugby? Well, uh, I think rugby WA are doing it now. Like, like they're, mm. they're, they're really hammering the schools. I mean, yeah. uh, you Getting know. So, yeah. So, yeah, they're giving that a real going over. There's uh, more development officers. There's guys that seem to be pretty proactive and getting around and doing things. you got to start mm. from the ground up. But we, yeah. we, we all knew that, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And what about the Western Force, mate? What was your What's your take on their season? Simon Crom was on the show last week. You gave them a score three out of ten. How much would you give them? Yeah, probably about the same, Mitch. Um, yeah, they, they they are a bunch of kids. They're kids. They're young. They will get there. If you want to be, if you if you want me to be honest, Mitch, I probably watched the Force. I never went to any games this year. I watched them on TV. 
Um, I'm not involved in Super Rugby now. I don't, I don't hardly watch it much. I, I'm sort of, um, I love my club rugby. I'd rather watch club rugby than a test match. I, I don't yeah, really okay. get yeah. too involved in um, professional rugby these days, Mitch. It's too much same-same for, for my liking. Yeah, no, it's well, that's, a, that's that's an interesting point, mate, because I think that a lot of, tradi- let's just call them traditionalists who enjoy their community rugby, ha- have got that little bit of disconnection, I think, with super rugby at the moment. And I think that's the conundrum that Rugby Australia have got to try and wrap mm. their heads around is they spend a lot of money on a, on a version of the game that, a lot of rugby people don't necessarily enjoy anymore, but they'll go along to watch a club game. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, a lot of my mates are starting to watch league, and, oh, and these are okay. and these are real these are real diehard union guys. Yeah, I'd rather watch a game of league now. I, I think yeah. unions come too much. The thing, the only thing that changes from one game to the next is the colour of the jersey. It's just it's the same, 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 yeah. same. And to be honest, Mitch, those that are heavily involved in club rugby, you don't get the time to, you don't get the time. You know, yeah. you, you're spending 23, 20 or 30 hours a week down at your club. You're doing bits and pieces. You're doing things. You're, you're busy. I'll get up and I'll watch four or five games of the uh, Stan Sports 20-minute thing on a Sunday morning. And that's yep. probably my, um, I mean, I'm not even going to watch the uh, Super Rugby Finals weekend. I'm going to go and watch Cotton Sykes, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, just, fair enough. Uh, I thought you were a chief supporter. Aren't you a closet chief supporter? No, 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 no. I'm a Highlanders boy. Highlanders. Highlanders. You know, the other way. Yeah, you're sad. Well, you didn't have much. No wonder you didn't watch any Super Rugby. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, watching the Highlanders force was uh, hard. Yeah. um, Well, that's good, mate. So so where to to next for the season, mate? Who are you picking for the top four in the finals? Come finals Uh, time. We'll put Wesser automatically in there. We'll. We'll chalk yeah. tick them off. But who would be? Who would? Who do you think would be the top four from what you've seen so it's, far? It's going to take a very uh, going to have to be right on top of the game to tip Pally over. Pally looks strong right across the board. Good yeah. depth. Um, they got size. Yeah, they got some genuine speed on the outside. Uh, Pally will be there for sure. You never write Cottesloe off. You never write Cot off. Yeah. Um, you never, you never write Nedlands off. Oh, I think um, we can. Yeah, we put a line through them weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually heard about that. Now that work out for you. Yeah, not yeah, real good. They won by, they won <laughs> the by one 50, week. I think yeah. the one week they had a win is when I wrote, wrote them off. I, I do, I do actually think uni are going to struggle for uh, for a little while. So yeah. whether will they make the four or not? I'm not so sure. I'm not yeah. so sure. Basie will be, be there. Basie, yep. So you got yep. Basie, Pally, Wes, and Cot, basically. That sounds mm-hmm. a well-rounded with Soaks nipping on their heels. Yeah, Soaks yeah. So- yeah, are week by week. You don't know what you get with Soaks. One week no, they're wheel beaters and the next week yeah. they yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be tough. I, I wouldn't yeah. be just scanning Netherlands to sneak into the four. Rangi, is it, is it, is it going to come down to depth? Yeah, 100%. Mm. Yeah, it will be because it's because it's such a long season, and you get a couple you get a couple of buys. It's uh yeah, it's it's what you have got in reserve grade. Yep. Is uh the clubs that'll go deep. Yeah, and that's why I think Uni might might struggle. struggle. You know, yep. Pally, yeah, Pally, Pally at this stage would have to be. You'd have to think will be yeah, they'll be there. They'll be there at the big show. Is there anything else? 
Rangi, that you want to cover off today while we got you? Is anything? No, is any other no. hot, hot, hot goss or hot topics? Any other gossip? No, M- no, Mix no, always no. looking for good mailbag gossip. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. No, I'm yeah. Just thanks for having me on, boys. No, nah, it's good. It's just good to just good to have you, mate. Just to get that real grassroots volunteer perspective on the health of the game as well as what's happening on the local club scene as well, mate. So thanks very much for your time. All right, thanks, gentlemen. Got any ringing. Okay. Thanks very much. Cheers. See you, boys. So that was Dean McKee, better known as Rangy. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Mitch, he's, he's just salt of the earth, grassroots rugby. Yep. And as you said, mate, there's a lot of volunteers out there that, you know, 20, 30 hours a week, they, they're kicking the dew off the toes early in the morning on a Saturday morning, setting up fields and getting jerseys and all the rest of it ready. And, and their work's never done. So each and every night they'll be doing things behind the scenes to – to get the clubs happening and I, and I think that's really important they get recognized and and we heard there like there was a little bit of you know something I probably I didn't recognize when I'm sprouting you know we should have less teams in premier grade and all the rest of it for premier grade is that the anxiety that then builds on the volunteer yeah. base and the reactionary stuff that then triggers from that and the stresses that puts on the local club scene is probably something that you know I probably didn't really have a full grasp on or understanding yeah. on. So. I don't think. I don't think. I think it's something that the minority would have considered. I, I hadn't thought of it either, and it, and it mm. is, is dead right. You know, for, for people that put so much time into it, that it would be stressful. They'd be lying awake at night, and then also the the amount of money that that these clubs have then spent on players to mm. to make sure they stay up. And he said that that's you know eight hundred grand across the board. That's yeah. big money in club rugby. Geez. And that's yeah. that's big well, money. Yeah. That's big money in Sydney or Brisbane club rugby. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at Sydney Sydney club rugby these days. You know, 150, 180 bucks a game is what they're forking out per player Having per week. Pay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's an expensive operation. You know, their their budgets are well over a million bucks a year to run a, a club in Sydney club rugby. Mm. So, you know, your average club in in Perth would be having to generate about three hundred thousand dollars in revenue to just just to open the open the doors each. Week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's serious stuff. Yeah, it really is. So uh, yeah, it was great to um, great to have him on on board. And then just looking at the uh, other scores from the weekend, um, West obviously very happy fifty three over Netherlands. Who can yeah, pick Netherlands for? I I can't. Uh, the only time we we bag and they win, but again fifty points to three going down to West. Uh, Cot forty three ten over Kalamunda. On the Stan Sport game, UWA just getting home over Wanneroo, 17-14. Wanneroo were very, very good on the weekend. They actually deserved to win that game. They they made a couple of decisions at the end, a couple of little mistakes when they were pressing the university line to win. Then Judel up 26, Southern Line 6, and Pallian Bayesley with a 29-all draw. So uh, it was a good good round of rugby. Yeah, I think that Pallian Bayesley result is a reflection of the strength strengths of both those teams at the moment. Um Wes, obviously, on a, a bit of a roll. Um, and yeah, I had to have a chuckle when I did see Jonah Placid got best on ground <laughs> for the West win on the weekend. So he's obviously yeah. getting into a bit of mid-season form, Jonah. Um, but, yeah, the injuries to uni, you could real, really see the students drop away when they lost Rory O'Sullivan in that game. Yeah. Um, and they were just disorganised and a little bit all over the, uh, over the place. So injuries will take a massive toll. Yeah. I think with them because if you look at their reserve and reserve grade and third grade, wallowing on the bo- bottom of those respective ladders, they haven't got a lot of depth to call on. So yeah. it's going to be interesting, uh, interesting times for the students over the coming weeks. Um, but that that provides an opportunity to make the comp a little bit more interesting, Nikki. 
Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Know, the teams that look after themselves, you know, be able to consistently pick the same 15, 23 blokes every week will be the ones that will be there at the end. And that was that was what uni were doing for that first round. They were so consistent, but all of a sudden you yeah. take out Vorster and O'Sullivan, a very good 9-10 combination. Mm. Um, Reese Tarpanay, now he's he's been cut by the force, so he's now gone as well. They've got injuries in the forward. Reggie Churchwood's out, Natharke is out, uh, Cody Nahala's yeah. out. Like that's some good players. And uh, that's, that's you know, Rangi, it'd be interesting to see if they, I mean, they're currently on what, 40 43 points yeah, at the top of the ladder. Hang, yep. So they might, they might have given themselves enough of a buffer, but uh, yeah, if they don't start stringing some wins together, they they could drop out of that four. Yep. So yeah, the, the back half of this competition will be good. So next week, UW up against uh, Joondalup. Nettie's playing Kalamunda. Hot against Soaks in the Battle of Broom Street. That's on stand. Palmyra against Wanneroo and the Southern Lions up against Bayswater. And then just in the women's prems, uh, Rudog's 20-0 over Cot and Kalamunda 38-14 over the Southern Lions. So Wanneroo on top of that ladder on 16 points and Kalamunda on 14. And then in the shoot shield, Mitch, you were there last week live. Oh, I went down to Coogee Oval, Mickey, uh, and the, the Wicks got up over uh, a disappointing Gordon. I would say that the, oh, what's the score? The Highlander, well, it was thirty-five points to twenty-one. The Wicks scored a couple of late tries to really push it out, but Gordon had their opportunities to win the game and win it well. Three opportunities to do rolling more tries, and they stuffed it up. But Ramick's defence was phenomenal, and there was a couple of young blokes in the centre there that had outstanding games for Ramick. Um, but geez, there was a big crowd there down at Coogee Oval. The place was full. A lot of old boys around. Um, caught up with blokes like Adam Fry was floating around. Yeah, righto. Um, Johnny Langford and a few of the other boys that used to kick around it in, uh, in Wallaby jerseys and the like. So it was really good weekend. Uh, and what a great venue for club rugby. And I backed, mm. it, backed it up on the Sunday to go watch the New South Wales Cup game, watch the Rabbitohs take on the <laughs> North, Sydney, North Sydney Bears, Mickey. How good. Um, other results, however, from the weekend, Ringer finally got a win against West Harbour, 29 points to 24 Norse continued on their winning ways with a close win over the two Blues, 27 points to 19. And if anyone hasn't seen the Namani Nadolo clip of him bumping off a few North Shoremen, uh, <laughs> check it out on Instagram or YouTube or wherever you might be able to Google that one. So it's uh, something special. He speed bumps a few young kiddies um, on his way through <laughs> for the two Blues. So it was great to see him running out yeah. uh, with a two Blue jumper on as well. Eastwood had a massive win over the Wildfires. The Wildfires hit the wall. Uh, 50 points to 28, and Uni got a win up over Manly, um, which puts Northern Suburbs clearly on top of the ladder. Manly's now gone to second, followed by the Wildfires, and Ramwick and Eastwood round out the top five. And the bottom, Ringer find themselves getting off the bottom. Southern District slipped to last. West Harbour and Eastern Suburbs, and the rest are in the middle. So did, did we put the kiss of death on Bubba Coleman when we, when we had him No, on? they won. They Have won they- one last week. Oh, did they, they lost one. They lost Let's... one. Then they won one. Now they've lost. No, one. they lost again. But I think, okay. But I think they've just. I mean, there is no easy matches in the shoot shield, but they've they've probably had a couple of hard ones in a row. There, they take. It doesn't get any easier for them. They're taking on Manly next week, so they get yeah, to play right. another wow. top team. So they might yeah, have okay. a good back end of the comp. Yep. Um, I've got no idea what happened in Brisbane Club Rugby on the weekend, Mickey. No, nah, Heath, that's Heath's fault. We're not going to find that out. But and it, just one interesting thing at um that Rangi was saying. I don't know whether it applies to that that big crowd you had out at Coogee Oval. Just how he said he, he doesn't watch Super Rugby. Like, he's, he's a club rugby supporter. And I wonder how many of those people that were down at, at Coogee were the same. They've, they've not had a gut yeah. full of it, but they're just, they'd just they rather just go and watch their club. Well, I, what 
what knocked me over, and I'm not having a windshield, but it was 22 bucks to go in and watch a club game. Wow. 22 bucks to watch a game of club rugby. Jeez. You know what? Yeah, I thought it was a bit steep. I'm long gone to the days where you paid your five bucks to get in. To get in, yeah. But, um, but uh, I think the majority of people are happy to pay their 20 bucks because they know it's going to club rugby. Yes, that's true. That's and true. I don't know how much it costs in Sydney to go watch the Waratahs play, but you're probably thinking, you know what, I'd much sooner go down to my local, have a beer, catch up with mates, and know every cent that I put over the bar or it's over going the, to the club. Yeah. is going into the club system. Yep. Yeah, so. Good point. Good point. So that will take us to the, the mailbag. And uh, Mitch, you're also, when you're in Sydney, you watch the bar bars up against the Australian under-20s. I didn't, I didn't see any press or any reports about that. No, the oil reports was pretty brutal. It was very one-sided, Mickey. 90-odd points to 18, I think, was generous. Yep. But, yeah, the, the young 20s, they were just – it was really fast-paced game. It was played at a rapid speed. And the, probably the first 25 minutes, they probably put on 28 points unanswered and right. I don't think the Barbars touched the ball. Right. So that that was just that was very good quality footy and then it sort of fell away to various stages of the games from there. But there was a couple of standouts for me. I thought young Marley Pierce, uh, the WA prop, uh, who we love, played outstandingly well. His work around the paddock was first class. He's Did he start? Close. Did he start? Yes, yes, Great. yep. Yeah. And he would be a definite starter for that yep. Aussie twenties. Front row. Um, he was very good. Um, I think the back row and Ned Slack Smith was pretty good as well. The seven. Yep. He was he was running a muck there at seven. Um, the the young Bowen kid at ten is a real highlight for me. He's his kicking game could still be do a little bit of work, but geez, he's classy, he's got loads of time. And if the Waratahs had any doubts that they needed to succession plan Ben Donaldson, that young kid has got a very bright future. Yeah, righto. Um, and then they had speed to burn out wide. They're, they're 13. I don't know his name, but God, he was quick. And then they had some real wheels out wide hmm. in their backs. So they've yeah, got good. some good firepower there. Probably a little bit light on um, through the lock 6-8 position. Mm-hmm. I think when they come against the bigger sort of Northern Hemisphere 20s, they might struggle a little bit in that area. But um, they've got enough in their back line to really run them ragged. And the pace, if they can maintain that pace of the game, I think that'll be a real real um, hard thing to combat. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, good. Come the, come the World Cup for the 20s. So, Great. Yeah, yeah, caught up with Nathan Gray and Nick Henderson after the game, and they were pretty happy yeah. with the guys' performance. And um, they seem to have a good group of kids. Um, Jai Leg um, got a good bit of game time there at the end and didn't, didn't do himself any 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 harm really. Uh, had probably had limited opportunities, but was very workmanlike. And is that is is that the squad? Are they cutting that squad, or that's a squad they're taking away? Oh, I think there might be a few little changes as they go along. I think yeah, there'll okay. be a few injuries, injury concerns. I think I read Tom Liner might be out. Yeah, I think um, he's gone. So there might there might be a couple of rotations and injuries cover. Yeah, okay, yep. I'm not sure of the final squad. I assume they take a squad of thirty. Yep. And then speaking of uh, that Australia international season is now upon us. So the All Blacks have named their squad, Sam Kane, the skipper. And good news, the former Perth, Perth boy, Tamati Williams, who went to Aramore. He moved back to New Zealand when he was 16, being named in the All Blacks squad, which is uh, yeah. very exciting for him and the family. Very good for him. And he's had an outstanding season with the Crusaders, mate. He's been a big, big unit. 
and gets around the paddock really well. Let's, and, let's and again, only uh, only twenty two. Another one of these yeah. young young props. It's, um, yeah. it's terrific. And then Tonga. So Coach Toto Kefu who's named two X Wallabies and five X All Blacks, and I think that's great. That whole thing. If you haven't played for three years, you can be picked up by a, another team. Yep. So yep. he's got Israel Folau, um and Adam Coleman, former Western Force player and Wallaby, and Lapetti Tamani, the Australians. Then he's also got. Former All Blacks, Charles uh, Piertau, uh, Vea Fafida, Malachi Fekatoa, George Mawala, and Augustine Pulu, also in that Tonga squad. And they will play Australia A in Tonga on the 14th of July. Yep. So that's great to see that. And then close at home, Eddie Jones, he's set to name his first official Wallaby squad on Sunday with 33 players as well as a couple of extras who are on the comeback from injury to be included. And it was great to see Isaac Rodder and Isaac finds Lela Wassa over there in uh, in camp. Yeah, how good's that? That they mm. got a call up. That's good recognition for young Isaac Fines in particular, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know that he's kind of on the radar. So they've yeah. been on on camp at, at Coogee. Apparently, Taniella Tupo and Angus Bell are both running freely. And Eddie's had the players down. They've been wrestling training on the sands down at Coogee. So um, he's certainly taken the players out to the public, which has been great. When did they start down there? I was only there two days ago. Mickey, yeah, must no, I think this week. It was this week. Yeah, it was this week. I must They're have flown going. in as I was leaving. Oh, bugger. Yeah. All headed down there. So so that's been good. And then um, I saw during the week, talking about players that are available, um, Kerr Barlow. Um, oh, yeah. The halfback. They're, they're, yeah. Apparently, he's been playing in France. And and, and yeah. they someone was saying he's probably the in one of the form halfbacks of the world yeah. and eligible for Australia. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got Australian heritage, but he's already yeah. played for the All Blacks. So I don't. Know yeah, but it's, been, but it's been but it's been the three years, like the three year window has passed. Yeah, but does that work for Tier One nations as well? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it works for Tier One nations. Doesn't it? No, I, I think I it only it... works for Tier One to Tier Two. I think it's in play, but I don't think it works from Tier oh, One okay. to Tier One. So we can't we can't take it. Yeah, no, no, you, right. good thinking. Tempt- though. I like tempting, thinking. tempting. Yeah. And then um, our good mate Hamish McKinnon, he's ba- been back in the news, so he did oh. an interview with News Talk ZB, and he so he reiterated his enthusiasm for this this player draft. draft. Yeah. Um, however, so the Australian Rugby Players Association boss, so Justin Harrison, he's put the brakes on it. He said he, they need more detail. He no said Rupert, Rupert doesn't have a view on it, as there's been no engagement, no discussions on the concept <laughs> at all for them to have a view on. He yeah. said it wasn't considered as part of that whole CBA negotiations, which had just been signed for the next four years through to 2026. So McLennan, he wants a rookie draft. He wants one for marquee players, but there are obviously fears that it, it could limit opportunities for Australian players. So once again, he's just yeah. floating things out. He's also floated the idea of putting a super rugby franchise in Hawaii, and he wants to move the rugby championships to March, April to appease South Africa, whose players play in Europe. So once oh, again, he, he's just... He, He's just throwing we, stuff out there. Didn't we just appoint a CEO? Yeah. Well, why is our chairman making all these broad <laughs> public statements on behalf of the organisation? The role of the chairman know. is to run the board, not run, not to run the organisation. That's the job of the CEO. Yeah. I, I completely object to him spruiking these things mm. in the public domain. Yeah. Well, Sansa had to come out and they put out a press release saying that some of the stuff that he said is not it's not happening, it hasn't been discussed, it's not happening. So no. he's uh ridiculous. Yeah. Someone needs to pull, he, pull, he, pull him in the line. Yeah. His fellow board members, the president, President yeah. Roth, needs to yeah. get on the phone. <laughs> exactly. And then a few movements of players, as I mentioned, Reese uh, Tapenay, he's been he's moved on from the force. So he left UWA. He's gone back to play with Queensland Uni. Ben Donaldson yeah. has now been confirmed for two years. 
And then they've also re-signed Max Bury and George Pullman as well. So it's great that we'll have that. You got, we'll have or next year Donaldson Bury and Rashan Pasatawa in those number ten. So you know, for yeah. the, for a team that's we've always struggled at tens to have three good ones is uh, yeah. is terrific. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think you know to Simon Cron's point last week, we're going to get a consistent squad hmm. together moving towards twenty twenty four is really vital. Yep. And then I'll talk about player movements. So 13 players departing the Rebels, including Reese Hodge wow. and Dickie Harwick. So that's a big um, a big chunk where's of Dickie, players. Where's Dickie going? Yeah, not sure where he's going. There was, there's been no reports about what he's doing. I know he's obviously trying to play for Namibia, but I don't know whether he... Because what would he be? Would he be 30, 31? Yeah, 29. Around that yeah, way? Yeah. So, yeah. so not sure. It'd be nice if he made his way back to Perth. He's been yeah. uh, fantastic. And then um, remain... Interback scored a terrific late tries to lose, beat La Rochelle 29-26 in the French top 14 final on Saturday. That was a record-extending 22nd domestic crown. So things, you'd have to say, looking good for France for Rugby yeah. World Cup. Yeah, Ireland-France final is what I'm picking, Mickey. Hmm. I think, yeah, France, you're not alone. The home, France, the home nation. Don't know how the draw actually works at the end of it, but I'd think France-Ireland would be the two, one, two yeah. countries in the world that you'd be looking at. That'd make a good final. And I tell you what, the two anthems with uh, La Marseille and then Ireland's Call, the, that'd be yeah. a wonderful, oh, wonderful yeah. thing to be involved with with that one. Well, mate, that'll do us. Um, short and sharp this week. It was yep. great to have Rangy on. Good to see you. Sorry, Miss Heath Tessman, but um, another full week of club rugby and, and they had the big final of Super Rugby. Yeah, yeah. We'll tune in on Saturday for all that. Where'd you say you were on Saturday, Mickey? Cot. I mean, it, nah, yeah, so it's Cot, so the Battle of Broom Street. Yep. Cot, yeah, Cot nice. and, and Sykes, which you've got. Sykes, very good. But, which would be good one. So, yeah, make sure you yeah, yeah. record all the games or you don't even need catch to anymore. Just straight on stand. You don't have to record catch them. Just go, go back and watch them. Yeah, catch them up on stand. And then, yeah, go the Crusaders on Saturday afternoon. And we'll catch up with Heath next week. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for everyone for tuning in. And we will. We'll catch you next week on the Rugby Wrap. <laughs>